0: Our lives, Hebrews 11:1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he had, which was afterward going to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, and not knowing where he went. By faith he lived in a land of promise as a stranger, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise with him. For he looked for a city. He looked for a city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13. These all died by way of faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. They were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. The title of my message is a question. What do you see? What do you see? Shall we pray together? Lord, we can do nothing without you, but all things are possible through you. We stand before the audience of your people today knowing that there are great needs among us, and we ask you by your Holy Spirit to take the Holy Word and do a holy work within our hearts, and we're going to give you praise. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. What do you see? I believe that faith is assurance and conviction that you will see, you will experience. It'll become a reality in your life, that which today is not seen with the natural eye. Faith is spiritual vision. There's two worlds that you're living in. You're very much aware of that this morning. There's the natural things with the five natural senses that we enjoy on the natural plane. But then there is the spirit world. Praise God. You're very much aware of that. We are Pentecostal people. That means we have been born of the spirit. The same experience that the first church had on the day of Pentecost. That new birth has, the Bible says, translated us. It has shifted us. It has moved us into another world. And so while we have our feet on carpet and soil and uh, grass, we still at the same time, we are part of a spiritual kingdom, unseen kingdom to the natural eye. But we see. We see. I've never met Jesus in the physical sense. But I meet with him every day. And I would say all day. He's as real to me as you are. You and I who are born again of the water and of the spirit. We have the ability to see spiritual things. And they're real to us. When I open the Bible and read its pages it comes alive to me. I can see into the future through the word of God. When my mind and my spirit is anointed by the Holy Spirit, it lifts me up out of this world and translates me into another world. Oh, could I speak a moment today to someone who is just entering into this new life. You have a wonderful world that will open up to you when you enter into the kingdom of God. All things will be passed away and all things will become new. A new life, a new energy, a new power, a victory. Victorious living while you're on this earth. I thank God for spiritual vision. We see. We have faith. We believe. He guides our lives. Every decision I make is based upon my perception of God and his word and my future with him. It's wonderful to live this way. Spiritual vision. It's seeing what God will do in our lives as we believe Him and as we stand upon His Word. One of the greatest examples of this is mentioned in our text. Abraham saw God, that he was faithful, that he was a covenant keeper. And because of that, Abraham moved. He changed places. He went from one location to another. That's what happens to us. When God gives us spiritual sight, it propels us. It causes us to make a step, to take a step of faith and leave where we are and reach forward to those promises that God has brought into our lives. And the result of it is a blessed life, a life of liberty, a life of power, a life of vision because of what God does in our life. I'm preaching with excitement this morning because somebody is going to get a new vision in this place this morning and your life is going to be changed because of it. What do you see? We need to see God as Abraham saw God. It transformed his life. He became a part of something that was eternal. He entered into a covenant relationship with God that produced a nation, that produced a Savior. And here we are today because this man saw. And he moved. And he obeyed. And God blessed his life. I read an article just the other day. Experiment they were making on rats. There's no rats here, but maybe you can relate to this. If you put rats in complete darkness in a barrel of water, within three minutes they'll drown. If you give them light, if you'll turn on the lights, they can swim for 36 hours. Now that ought to say something to humans because we're above the rat kingdom, right? Right? even though there might be some, <clears throat> well, we'll leave that. <laughs> Light, vision, it makes a difference in our lives. Now, here we are. We've all been through some difficult months, right? And, uh, you know, everything was shut down. I had a whole schedule here for New Brunswick, but that was all wiped out. Life has been challenging, and I've lost friends to this Virus and, uh, yeah, scary stuff. And we go through these things, but you and I, we go through them with a steady gait we have a hope beyond anything that's in the natural world because we're tethered to something that's beyond the natural and it's real and it changes our decisions and gives us hope and assurance because we can see beyond today's present trials i see victory I see Jesus. I see a promise fulfilled. And it determines my life's future because I will act according to what I see. And I don't drown in three minutes. I've been swimming for 36 hours because the light is on. And I have a vision. And I know God is going to do great things in our lives. Vision. What do you see? It'll determine the decisions you make. What you see will determine the actions you take. And I want you to see Jesus this morning. Abraham, the Bible says he dwelt in the land of promise in a tent. Doesn't all come to us at once. But we keep going. I see some gray hairs and no hairs and, that's, that's life, right? I mean, we're moving on in, uh, in this world, all of us. Generations come and go. I'm staying at your guest house, and I'm looking at the beautiful picture of the stairs, and I, I remember them, and I thank God for people like that. They've gone on to their reward. They lived a faithful life because they saw beyond this world. They went through trials and tests. You're going through trials and tests. They were victorious. You can be victorious if you have the same vision. If you are seeing the same things that they saw, it'll take you through. It doesn't really matter what happens. I've been through some dark days. The darkest there can be in this world when people close to you, your wife, children, not have the experience of a child dying but I have had the experience of a wife passing away we know that there are difficulties in life and Abraham didn't have all the promises fulfilled while he lived in the land of promise that's the way it is you're going through that right now some of you are praying prayers that you've prayed for a long time you're living in the promise I'm saying to you today don't lose your sight don't lose your faith because my My God keeps His promise. He's a God, a covenant keeper. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not His word. You can stand upon it. Build your life upon it. I refreshed my memory this morning. Abraham was given a promise that he would have a son. It would be a natural son. He and Sarah would have a son. He tried other ways to fulfill the promise himself and got himself into a big mess. But then God said, I say to you, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a son. Now, before between that promise and the birth of Isaac were some dark days. You know them. You Bible students know what happened immediately after that. He was interceding for his nephew, Lot. Him in Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was that horrible judgment of God upon that world, and Lot, in his weakness, lost everything. His wife died. Incest with his daughters. And the enemies of Israel were born. Moab and Ammon. And these things happened. And then he went to be with Abimelech. You remember that story. And his wife was so beautiful. He was afraid that this king would want his wife. And so he said, she's not my wife. She's my sister. And he goes through these failures of weakness of humanity. And yet he comes out of it and God fulfills the promise because he never let go of what he saw. He kept walking, kept marching. God's doing that for somebody here today. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose your vision. What do you see in your future? I'm saying to you today I see God as my creator. I see Him as my provider. He is my Savior. He is my healer. He is my deliverer. He's the one that keeps, He's the one that satisfies. He's the one that pours out blessings abundantly. My cup is full and running over because I see a God of blessing and promise and fulfillment who never fails, even when I fail. God gives us these examples in the scripture of faith so that we can also walk with God and we believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now here's the good news. Every human being has the ability to see spiritually. God has given to every person a measure of faith. You can reach beyond the natural into the supernatural. God's given every human the ability to do that. And so you are here today and you may be overcome with trials and tests and struggles in your life, but if you can lift up your eyes and look upon God and believe and see your future with Him and Him on your side and God for you who can stand against you, if you can see that, He will give you the ability, supernatural ability, to do the work of God and the will of God for your life doesn't matter who you are what your pedigree is maybe none but God is able to come into your life and give you a vision beyond your present struggle and with it will come faith to claim the promises of God you think about it the church is the hope of the world Every local church is the hope of the world. This city has no hope without the church. They're in darkness. They are in darkness blindness, they are walking in captivity because they don't know the light, Jesus Christ. But you, you are the church. The love of God is in your heart. The power of God is in your life. You have the ability to turn the light on for somebody so they won't drown, so that they can swim on with the promises of God. I say to you today, you are the hope of this city. Praise God. What do you see for the city? Peter saw Jesus coming on the water in the midst of a storm. That's what you need to see. He said, bit me, come Lord, I'm going to get out of this boat and walk with you. And he did. Well, we know probably the emphasis on the fact that he sunk. But that shouldn't be the emphasis. He didn't die, he just sunk a little bit, right? Who was there to catch him? Who was there to reach out his hand? Who was there to lift him up out of his problem and out of his weakness? Who was there to say, tomorrow I will give you the keys to the kingdom of God and you'll share it with the world? And we all know that Peter didn't become the first pope. He became the first general superintendent of the UPC. We all know that, right? What I'm saying to you today, if you will do what God is bidding you to do, you can do the impossible. Does anybody believe that? I see the impossible in your life. Because I see God doing what you can't do. That's what I see. We get up in the morning, we turn our eyes to the Lord. The first thing we do is get ourselves aligned with Jesus. We open the word and we see the promises of God and we turn to prayer and we see Jesus high and lifted up on the throne. It doesn't matter what the world is doing. Jesus, you sang it, is in control. you believe that? Is that what you see? That's what I see. I'm on a solid rock. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. If I step out of my boat, I'm following the vision that God has given me and I start to sink. No problem. He's there. He'll catch you. He'll give you a new tomorrow. He'll make something out of you that others would never think would be possible. Storms affect us and they affect our vision, but... We continue on with the Lord. Victor Jackson, one of the great young evangelists who's in our fellowship today, he made this statement, Ishmael was blessed by God. That was the secondary plan that Abraham came up with. Not a good idea. It's better to stick to the promise. Ishmael was blessed by God, but Isaac, was in covenant relationship with God. It's like Cain and Abel. They they lived by different vision for their future. Ishmael was all about here and now. He got blessings from God, like a lot of Pentecostals, apostolic Pentecostals are blessed because of somebody else. And they squander those apostolic pentecostal heritage and by the end of their life it's all gone and their children are not walking in the faith ishmael living for the present no vision for tomorrow no vision I am speaking under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to somebody here right now this is not a time for you to turn it down this is not a time for you to slack off this is a time for you to lift up your eyes and get a vision that's beyond yourself there's another generation coming along behind you how about passing on the apostolic heritage to somebody else don't be an Ishmael be an I Isaac, who's living because of a promise, Isaac bought in. He saw the same vision as Abraham, his father. He said, I'm going to be a part of that inheritance that comes from God, and I'm going to pass this on to my children and my grandchildren. I believe. I see. You don't live for the present. Live for the vision. Make a correction today, right now. Stop living for yourself in the present. Lift up your eyes and get a glimpse of the covenant relationship that is available to you and God and He will come alongside you and your weaknesses will be overcome and your doubts will be replaced with faith and your blindness will be healed and you'll be able to see God and you'll be able to see a future for yourself and for your children. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see for yourself? Helen Keller was born blind. And yet she became a powerful, positive influence. Someone asked her, what would be worse than being born blind? And she said, to have sight without vision. Too many people like that. They have natural sight, but they have no vision for their life. Every one of you, if you've been baptized, filled with the Spirit, you are tied into, you are connected to the living Christ. And His essence, His Spirit, His nature is in you. You've been connected to something that is way beyond anything the world can offer. And you have access to a vision for your future that will transform your life so that you can be a blessing to God. I believe that God has a plan for you, every one of you. I know what it's like to pastor a church and your your dream your vision is for everybody in that church every member we're not looking for a few superstars in the church we want everybody to be doing the will of God for their life it doesn't matter if you've one talent two or five or 20 it really that's not The purpose of my preaching today is to get everybody to see that God has a plan for you. And you need to be involved in the vision that God has for your life. Every one of you. There's no losers. Everybody's a winner in God's kingdom. When we have a vision and walked after God. There was a church bishop that visited a college. This is more than 100 years ago. And he stated to the college professor, he said that every possible discovery in physics and science, chemistry, has already been discovered. He said, I think Jesus is coming soon. The professor responded, said, sir, I don't agree with you. I believe there's much more that God wants to do with the human race and there's so many things yet undiscovered. In fact, he said to the bishop, he said, within 50 years, man's going to fly. The bishop was irate. He was angry. He said, only angels can fly. That bishop was the father of Orville and Wilbur Wright. So even if your heritage has not been you know, spectacular, right? Maybe you're a first generation flyer. If you can see beyond your presence, I'm talking to somebody here today. If you can see yourself doing something for God, he will make that possible. Now, I don't expect that the Wright brothers were spirit-filled. I don't have no idea what was going on in their spiritual life. But if they could do that just because they saw it, what can you do? If you see something that God has put into your life, if there's a promise that he has impressed into your spirit, what are the possibilities? There's nobody here today that knows what those possibilities are. You can do exceedingly and abundantly and above all. You can ask or think if you see. He will do it according to the release of that spiritual power that he has put within you. This is why God takes people from obscure backgrounds. Who really don't have any specific outstanding qualities. And He can do something great in their lives. It's not because of who they are at all, it's because of what they see. God's looking for somebody who will buy into His vision his vision for your life and his vision for this church and his vision for the Atlantic District. I'm saying, if we can see it, God can do it. This is what I've come to say. I believe it. I believe it. I believe we can fly. I believe we can do things that are not possible to see in the natural sense. 98%, I'm sorry, 89% of what we learn is visual. That's a high percentage. 89% of what we learn is visible. 10% is auditory by what you hear. And only 1% by the other senses. So it's very important what you see. That's what you will accomplish. You ever heard of Walt Disney? Sure you have. Disney World. Walt Disney passed away during the construction of Disney World. They were having a wonderful ceremony at the opening of Disney World. Walt wasn't there, of course, but his wife was there, and the MC, the master of ceremonies, turned to Sister Sister. <laughs> sister Disney. And he said, Mrs. Disney, I wish that Walt could see what we're seeing today. She stood up. She looked him in the eye and said, he did see. That's why it's there. What do you see for yourself? I believe that God is doing a work in our lives that is able to supersede anything we've ever done. Thirdly, what do you see for others? This is so huge. We are part of the body of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord flows through us. And when it stops flowing, we start dying. Anybody experiencing spiritual lethargy that leads to spiritual death? You need an outlet. You need the spirit to be flowing through your life to somebody else. So it's not just what do I see for myself, but what do I see for others? Chris Hodges made this statement that 87% of people have never discovered their purpose. That can't be true of the church. Surely, surely more in this audience know their purpose in life. How can we be connected to God and to his word and to his spirit and to spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit and not have some kind of sense of what I'm supposed to be doing in my life? Why do I exist? Why am I breathing air? Why has God chosen me to fill with his spirit and give me a new life? There's got to be an answer to that. I believe that the majority of you believe with me today that you have a purpose for living. You have a vision for your life, and it'll determine the decisions that they're making. I think there's four levels of vision. One, of course, there are those that never see. Two, those that see but don't pursue it. One of the hardest things for people who are in delivering eternal life to souls is to see people who the light comes on. They hear the gospel. And wow, there's something there that they grasp the possibility of a new life. Then they walk away. Vision for a moment. And then it's gone. The third level, of course, is like most of you. I would expect those that see, and then you pursue it. I believe Jesus loves me. I believe that he'll forgive all of my sins. I believe that he's already provided for my redemption. I can be redeemed. I can be a new person. It really doesn't matter what the past is. God has provided for me a new future. I believe that and I pursue it and here I am today saved and sanctified. I'm justified while I'm being sanctified. That's a good deal. You don't have to You don't have to measure up to a certain place before God starts pouring out the blessings. He's got you covered my brother while you struggle. He's got you covered my sister while you make mistakes. He will justify you by his sacrifice while the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word is at work in your life. It doesn't get better than this and so we see and we believe and we pursue. But there's a fourth level we see and we believe and we pursue and we take others with us. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to take this gospel to the whole world. This is what God wants us to do. I think the music team should come back. Are you accustomed to having a little music at the altar call? You ever heard of Robert Woodriff? Not Woodward, Woodriff. You're supposed to smile right there. I thought a long time to put that in my notes. I I really thought that would get you. Robert Woodruff. He was the president of Coca-Cola Company from 1923 to 1955. During the war, right? The Great War. The Second World War. He had a vision. His dream was that he would be able to put a bottle of Coca-Cola in the hand of every person who served in the armed forces. Hundreds of thousands of people mobilized right in the Second World War. And his vision was, I want to serve them. I would like for each of them to be able to enjoy a refreshing drink. Mm. Coca-Cola. I'll have to do with water, but Coke, Coke will come later, right? He accomplished what he said he would do. Well, what's, what does he do after the war? He set a higher goal. He had a greater vision. Is, is anybody sensing what God is doing right now? He wants you to lift it up a little bit. Whatever it's been, he wants to increase it. Whatever level of light you've been living by, he wants to increase the intensity. Whatever vision you have for your life, he wants to expand that this morning. And so Mr. Woodruff said after the war, I want to put a bottle of Coca-Cola in the hand of every person on earth earth 1979 the Tracy family arrived in Pakistan a lot of our ministry there was similar to here in the sense that you know we take the gospel wherever there's an open door and the open doors often came in little villages little pockets of Christians nominal Christians Illiterate people, many of them, they, they had no solid teaching. No, actually no churches in their village. They were a small group of people in an overwhelming Muslim majority. We would take the gospel to them. Sometimes it was very remote. No electricity, no running water. No modern conveniences. was astounding. We'd arrive in the village and get settled in and get ready for some three or four days, of revival meetings, preaching the gospel, get the big bullhorn set up and full maximum. It was whining all the time. Lots of feedback. I mean, it was horrible noise, but when you spoke, you spoke to thousands of people in that village. And here was a little group of Christians. I'd only be there a couple of hours and somebody would come with a bottle of Coca-Cola. It was a miracle. Where do you get a bottle of Coca-Cola? In a dusty, hot village that doesn't have electricity. I mean, God performed miracles for Mr. Woodruff and for me, right? You know what would happen? Some they knew that Coca-Cola was us North Americans, right? I mean that's where it comes from. Somebody would get on a bicycle with a cooler. And they'd take off down the dusty trail to the nearest village that had electricity because they knew that in that village that had electricity, somebody would have a refrigerator, and in that refrigerator would be Coca-Cola. And they would go get that packet with ice and bring it back to us in the village. How about that? Coca-Cola got there before the gospel got there. I'm saying to you, somebody needs a vision today in their life. Can you look beyond yourself and what God wants to do in your life? And can you believe and can you see what God wants to do? Let me read a couple of scriptures. Would you stand with me as we conclude our message here today? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, therefore, therefore is referring to chapter 11, right? That faith chapter, that seeing chapter. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, we lay aside every weight. This is what will inspire you to lay it aside and walk with God and the sin which has so easily beset us and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set before him. What joy is that? He was looking for the cross, but he could see beyond the cross. Who was beyond the cross? That was you. That was me in our salvation for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What do you see? What do you see? I want you to align yourself with the vision that God has for your life. Everybody in the building today, a fresh, a new consecration. A clearing away of the things that hinder our vision. And let's get our focus upon the Lord that loved us and moved everything out of the way so that He could reach for us. And now He wants us to have His vision. He wants us to be thinking the same way. To be doing the same things that He did. Reaching and seeking and saving the love. Lord Jesus, we bow our heads in your presence and our lives are filled with your spirit this morning. Filled with anticipation, filled with hope, filled with confidence that your promise is going to be fulfilled. And you are going to raise up an army of people out of your church, Lord God that are going to fulfill the great commission because they have that vision that has come from you now now now, Lord pour out your Holy Spirit upon us let the light of the gospel shine deep into our hearts illuminate every dark area and fill it with hope and assurance and confidence that you're able and willing to do a great work in our life and now as they sing would you like to make your way forward? Would you like to answer whatever it is that the Spirit is saying to you today? Would you respond to the Lord? The he has a great future, future for you. Room. Oh, yes. Yes yes yes. yes, 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 yes.